0: Well, good morning and uh, welcome to New Beginnings Uniting Church and what is our third week in our series looking at the big issues facing our world today. I just want to start with a word of prayer before we get into the message today. So let's just pray together. Gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks that you can challenge us, that you can speak to us, that your words found in the Bible continues to speak to us day in, day out. It is fresh and anew for us each morning and each day. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon me and upon us as we meditate upon your word and listen to what are the big issues in the world. Lord, may your Holy Spirit challenge us to hear your voice afresh and anew on how we reach the world around us and how we make a difference in the world and in people's lives. Lord, we just ask this in your holy name. Amen. As I said, we're in our third week looking at the big issues that are facing our world today. And these are issues that uh, affect people, they affect countries, they affect our entire world. But they're also issues that are personal in nature. Issues that we may experience or issues that are on the other, other side of the world and we don't actually understand or comprehend what it feels like. As I've said each week, this is not about being dooming, about doom and gloom. It's not about condemning the world. It's not about trying to be a mere self-help talk. It's about trying to explore how God is speaking to us through the Bible through the Holy Spirit, for us to know that God is not distant, that God cares about the issues that are facing us. The issue that I'm going to explore today is climate change. And I want to start with this statement before I go too far. I want to actually say we actually have a range of opinions in relation to climate change. Actually, we have a range of opinions in relation to all of these big issues that we have, but specifically in climate change. Within our church and within our society, I actually want to acknowledge that range of opinions today. I actually want to say that there goes a breadth from people believing that there is nothing about climate change to other people being thoroughly concerned about climate change and it's doom and gloom for everybody. While I want to acknowledge that, I also want to say that it's not my intent to try and persuade you to think one way or another. My intent is to give you a biblical understanding of why this is important to us, why we need to care about these issues, why we care for creation in this in this way that we should. I also want to give us some hope for the future, I'm going to give some hope for our lives and, and I want to give us some hope for our world that we live in as we highlight these big issues and especially as we highlight the issue of climate change. So let's just start with a little bit of information as to why this, why this is a big issue for us and why we should be taking note and speaking into it. So it's interesting because You can have issues around the world. You can have issues that are facing people's lives. And if we don't speak it into it as a church, if we ignore it and leave it on the side and just go, we are just about matters of faith, then we are missing something. We are not engaging with where people are at. We're not engaging with what is important for people's lives. And let me just give you some information for this. There's a recent study that has just been published this month. It's a study that surveyed 10,000 young people. That's young people from the ages of 16 to 25 across a number of countries, and Australia is one of these, the United Kingdom, US, India, you know, across a breadth of countries. And it was about how they felt about climate change. It wasn't actually asking specifics about um, what is happening in their country in regards to climate change or not climate change, but how they felt about the issue of climate change. What it was affecting their mental health. And the report actually says that 84% of those 10,000 young adults actually were moderately concerned, moderately worried about climate change. You know, that's 84% of them are moderately worried. Going a little bit further, 59% were at a level of being very and extremely worried. Now, I just want to go this a little bit further. It actually did a little bit further in the study. It actually found that 40% of that group were so worried about climate change that it actually changed their thoughts and patterns of behaviour for the future. They actually don't want to have children because they're so worried about what the world is going to be like that they're going to bring their children into. This is amazing statistics. This is about an issue that our young people are hugely concerned about. Sticking on the, the notion of young people and children specifically, so go even younger for a moment, UNICEF, so the United Nations agency that actually provides uh, support and aid, humanitarian aid to children around the world, actually said recently in a report given to the United Nations that about a billion children that is almost half of the world's population of children. There's, there's, there's about 2.2 billion children living in the world now, and about a billion children are at extreme risk from the impacts of climate change and pollution. Because children are vulnerable, young adults are concerned. So, what is our response to this? Why is it that we should care about creation at all? Why should we worry about thinking about climate change? We should be worrying about the spiritual nature of who we are, and yes, we should be. But caring for creation is actually a part of our heritage, It's actually a part of our Christian faith. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of our Christian practices. And But, but let me say this. It doesn't mean that we actually fall into worshipping creation. So caring for creation is quite distinct and different to worshipping creation. Worshipping creation is ananism. Uh, that is actually the worship of created things, such as um, trees and rivers and stuff like that. So it's actually going, I worship the created order. So, it's, But that's not what it is. That is actually not what Christian belief is about. We worship the creator, not the created things. We worship our God, not the things that have been created by our God. Very big and distinct difference. In fact, because we're to care for creation, we're to care for what God has created for us, we are to be stewards of creation. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans highlighted this about how we should not have an excuse for believing in God because all we have to do is look and see the created order and the beauty that is around us and how amazing God is to have created this. But Paul, the Apostle Paul goes on to warn everybody that we shouldn't go into worshiping the created order let me let me just put it back up on the screen for us um, and let's go back into Romans chapter 1 verses 18 and let's just have a look at that again but God showed his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them for every ever since the world was created people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature so that they have no excuse for not knowing God. See, there there is Paul actually saying there's no excuse for you for not knowing God. All you have to do is look around the world at you. Look at how the sky screams with the colours in there. Look at the way that the, the earth turns and works and is perfectly placed for us Live our life here. So there's no excuse for not knowing God. All we need to do is go outside and look around. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give thanks to Him. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their mind became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools, and instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds, animals and reptiles. So Paul is specifically saying here, we do not worship idols, we do not worship the created order, we worship the Creator, we worship God Almighty. That is such an important thing for us to realise. When we start thinking about, and when we start thinking about what it means that maybe our effect that we've had on the world we need to mitigate we don't get wrapped up in worshiping mother earth we don't get wrapped up in all of those things we worship our god but we care for the creation because our god is a creator god we're there to tend and care for creation so genesis 2 Verse 15, so right at the beginning of the Bible, in the creation stories, we have this. The Lord God placed man and women in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Tend and watch over it. That is actually a whole statement about what it means to be stewards to be stewards, to watch over, to care for, to tend, to use, to be given the resources in front of us but not to squander it, to tend for it, to watch over it. Stewardship's really a key principle and important for us as we look at this issue. Stewardship doesn't mean, you know, and we are called to be stewards of God's creation. Let's just be honest about that. We're called to be stewards of God's creation. We're called to be stewards of of the resources that God has provided for us. So so when we think about this, the world is not ours. The world is God's, and we care for it. It's the same way when we think about the resources as we come into giving within the church. We think about it's not our resources, it's God's gifts to us, and so we give it back. We steward the resources that have been given to us. We look after it, we care for it. We make sure that it's still there. We don't run through it all and go, where's it all gone? We need to be careful about how we behave and function. So we look after what we have. I think one of the things that has become a problem for us within our Christian faith but also within our world around us is that we've turned this into a private, individualised, faith and we've turned it into a private, individualised society where we make sure that we've got everything and it doesn't matter about other people, as long as we're comfortable, as long as we're happy, as long as we've got everything that we need, that is not stewardship. That is the worship of self. That is not the worship of God. That is not what it means to be a steward of what God's given us. So when we think about this, you're going, well, actually, I'm not affecting much around me. You're going, well, maybe we are. And that's the question we need to ask. How does my behaviour, how does the resources that we use affect others around us? Stewardship is bigger than just ourselves. Stewardship is our church. Stewardship is our community. Stewardship is our country. Stewardship is bigger than us. And we need to think bigger. Here's the thing. God placed us within the created order. It is ours to use, but it is also ours to care for it. While the Bible may not specifically speak of environmental conservation as a concept, it does actually allude to it time and time again. And one of those concepts that alludes to environmental conversation, con- conversa- conservation, let me say this properly, conservation, is that of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a time to rest and a time to worship God. And if we think this is a principle that we as a church, we as Christians need to do, we need to rest and we need to worship. It's actually that pattern we work, we use, we rest, we worship, we work, we gather, we rest, we worship. It's a concept, a pattern that we live, seven days a week. And interestingly, it's also, if you look at Leviticus, it's a law about how we look after our land. It's a law given us to the Israelite people for the way that they treated their land, to care for, and rest it. They would arrest it every seven years. Let me let me read it to you. Leviticus twenty-five verse two: Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year, the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. You know, worship and rest are the rhythms of life for us as Christians. It informs us of our practices that we have about our own self-care about looking after ourselves, about sending ourselves, of giving space and time for rejuvenation so we are not worn out, but also gives us a time to worship our Creator, to come back and say, this is God's. We work six days a week and we give the seventh day to God for God's purpose. It's also the practice that we have about how we care for our world, how we care for what it is, because all of the world is God's. There's a concept for it. All of the world is God's. It's not ours, it's God's. Let's go to Psalm 22, 24, verse 1, and it says this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Notice that phrase. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. The world is God's, and we need to look after it, we need to care it, because part of our faith, part of the way that we are Christians need to say that we need to care for our environment around us. Nick Hawkes, who is a a scientist, a pastor, an apologist, in an article he wrote, um, an article entitled Things I Am Asked is Christianity bad for the environment? Because there's a whole range of people that think Christianity is bad for the environment because they think that they just want to use it all up. They want to subdue the land and the earth and use all their resources. Yet they've missed the point of caring for all of creation, of being that steward of creation. So he makes an interesting point He makes an interesting point, and here's the concept that he brings for us. And it's a concept that comes out of the Old and the New Testament. Not caring for God and not caring for the land in which we live go hand in hand. So not caring for God and not caring for our land, our environment around us, go hand in hand. The Old Testament teaches that, that there is one factor on how well the land will produce fruit. And that is our faithfulness to God. When we are faithful to God, provision is made for God's people. When we're faithful to God in our activities that we do, in the, the way that we live, in the worship that we lead, when we adhere to the law, our land is fruitful. This may be hard for people to hear. But Nick Hooks goes on to say this. He says, destroying the world for profit, for greed, is a sin. Let me say that again. Destroying the world for profit or for greed is a sin. For we are called to be stewards of the world, not destroyers of the world. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 26, as it quotes Psalm 24 here, For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Let us remember that the earth is the Lord's and we should be looking after it, we should be caring for it. Biblically, we have a principle of care. Biblically, we, we're we placed to care for the order that we're being placed in, not just to let it die off. So how does our faith speak into the issues that people have? See, people have issues around about climate change, Some will deny it. Some believe in it. And there's a whole range of of young people within our church, broadly speaking, our church much broader than just new beginnings, but broader that are so concerned about that, that they are willing to stand up and do something about it. Our faith calls us to action. Our faith calls us to help. The biggest thing that will help and change in all of this is if we're anxious about climate change, if we're anxious about this, is the change, what is going on. When we think about climate, we actually need to understand that that is larger than just weather. That is larger than just small little patterns of actions that are happening around the world. Climate is the whole Of the world. It is a much bigger system than just our little way of looking at it. So let's just come into a time of prayer where we realize that we have a responsibility for care, for concern for our created order that God has given us. And let us just come into that space with that understanding of what it means to care for all of creation what it means to be stewards. So let's just pray. Lord God, we just ask that you challenge us again. Challenge us to hear how you placed us into the world, that we are part of the world around us. Lord, you gave us all of this Lord, you promise not to destroy it. But Lord, we also need to make that promise ourselves, that we're not going to destroy the world. Help us to see this as an issue for ourselves, our church, our world, about the way we live, about the way we think, about the resources that we use. Our faith is so much more than just individual. Our faith is bigger than that. Lord, I just pray that you will guide us and lead us. You will lead our church through the Holy Spirit to do what is needed, what is right, what is just. Lord, I just pray for this right now. And I pray if you are concerned and worried because of what you see around you, I pray that you will continue to seek God, God's guidance, God's leading, seek people that will stand up for justice and for hope and for future and for faith because we worship an awesome and amazing God a creator a sustainer a God that put all of the stars and the planets in their place put us and all of the created order Here on earth, and put us as stewards. Help us to reclaim what it means to be stewards once again, to tend and to watch over. Lord, I ask this in your holy name. Amen.